Nutrition TLC podcast. Um, so we have lovely Teresa Yaroshevich. I think I'm finally getting the hang of how to say your last name from TLC. Perfect, Katie. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, from TLC Lactation Consultant back with us. We've taken a bit of a hiatus over the summer and, yeah, there's been a few um, kind of life changes happening for for me as well. So even though I did do, on the last episode, we talked about our having, releasing the, um, the our koreros at a more regular basis, but I think we're still just going to have to keep playing it by ear until life settles down. I, I love your topics of your podcast. So however they come, whenever they come, I'm all for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Teresa, would you be happy to share with us a bit about like what kind of things you've been up to and then? Well, we had just on a personal level, I did a bit of travel for the summer, which getting out of New Zealand for the first time, that was exciting. Mm. Um, being in a different culture, different place, different climate, all of those things that just been kind of a long, long time since we've done any of that as a family. So that was nice. Um, yeah. And for work, it's just a lot of the same, same, you know, doing, seeing families um, in the community, doing education and um, some online stuff here and there. And doing sitting, sitting through lots of hours of online education too. So I've done a couple of conferences online and mm. soaking up all of those interesting topics. It's always fun. I know I can listen to um, breastfeeding conferences all day and still find it really, really interesting. There's always something new. I was adding up the number of hours I've already done. It's a little bit silly because it's far <laughs> more than I actually need for my recertification, but that's okay because I enjoy yeah. the learning. Yeah. Um, so I just went back to work um, as a GP a few weeks ago, and that was a bit of a shock to the system, just getting back into the pace of things, figuring out how um, – so they, they um, updated the computer system and then none of my logins worked and people were coming in every 15 minutes and it's just, yeah, it was really crazy to start with. But I'm slowly settling back into the rhythm of it and picked up a new job, um, which I'm, again, back to being a newbie and learning the ropes from everyone. So I'm doing a little transition um, into that. Um, it's good for your brain. Do something new. Yeah. <laughs> Hope well, your brain in different areas. The thing about doing general practice is you're always, like, every day, every patient, you there's at least a few people where you're learning something new. You're basically just learning on the go all the time. I mean, you will have some things that after, you know, it's, and it depends on your population of patients that come and see you that after a while you kind of know the drill so that comes a bit easier but people always surprise you even when they come in and, and say oh I'm here for xyz and actually what was the issue was not xyz at all so there's always new and interesting things that pop up which can be quite stressful to be honest when you're running on a tight schedule yeah trying to keep to the 15 minute appointments I'm sure is very challenging yeah and you want to do a good job you know so mm. you don't want to just have you know like a oven timer oh time's up um so yeah 
getting slowly getting well, there. Well, this was like we were we've been talking about this. Katie and I often talk about things just on a <laughs> just a collegial basis. But this, I mean, this is interesting to me that you have the GP piece of this because we were talking about conflicting advice. Yes. And what a stress that is for families. Yeah. Tell me about, I mean, you look at this at a very different perspective because you've got it, you encounter this in different kinds of places. Yeah. Um, So, you know, as lactation consultants, one of the things that breastfeeding whānau always say um, that that is really stressful for them is just people, different people will come in and they will give advice that's contradicting each other, like constantly. So even in the birth centre, one one person on shift will say something different from the next person on shift and then a different person come on again and then the, the plan changes constantly plus um then you've got your own midwife and then you baby gets a bit older and you throw in the gp the wild child provider and your neighbor <laughs> and the online sources of oh, information not, not to mention the online stuff um so i it's extremely difficult to navigate and i remember distinctly as a new mum, also experiencing that. Um, and I, I do look at it with, um, I guess, like I can see where everyone is coming from, I think, because as a GP, I kind of know what the medical training is and what other things people are worried about and what is covered and isn't covered about breastfeeding and babies. And having worked as a, um, while having spent a lot of time with midwives and lactation consultants, I can also see where those people are coming from. Um, And then, yeah, like you and I, we've both spent a lot of time online. So then you can, (laughs) as parenting, definitely. Yeah, the amount of information that floats around. And Mm. to be fair, I, I love the idea that you can get like support in the middle of the night when your baby is not sleeping and you can kind of, you know, jump onto a group and find somebody else that's also Mm. not sleeping or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So getting kind of that, you know, you're okay. That kind of reassurance is great. But when it comes to, um, I think there's two different things. Like when you have peer to peer support, there can be a certain level of this worked in my one case of my mm-hmm. one baby that I have one experience with. Yeah. And for that one person, they think that this is the best thing ever. And they kind of advocate for something that may not be applicable mm-hmm. for another family. And we see that because we see the big picture of the, the variety of issues yeah, that come up. Totally. Um, and and you know, I also run the Lecture League group, so we do man- we do navigate that peer to peer sharing and facilitate. Um, like, because you're you're trying to foster like a sense of community, and also yeah. you you want the the mums, the parents to be sharing their experiences with each other because that's how you build that solidarity and that sense of not being alone. That right. and, and that's like it's part of your village to kind of have your stories heard being able to help other people and feel validated um in absolutely and i love mm. going to la leche league mm. meetings specifically for that purpose mm. um to and hear I think, that it's really encouraging yeah, yeah yeah and and i mean that's how i got involved i went to a meeting and was like oh wow this is this is great um 
And it was really funny because my first meeting um, I went to with uh, my second baby, there was lots of um, alternative views on things that I took for granted as a, you know, a medically trained person. So that was actually also quite eye-opening. Like, oh, wow, this is what normal people think. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and I think it just takes time and, and, and just being open-minded because everyone has a different background. And so, like, you know, what they say will make sense. Um, but like you say, it doesn't apply to everyone. Um, and it takes and I, a bit of experience to kind of sort mm, through that as a mm, new parent, particularly. Yeah. Of being confident, like if you're doing something that's working, to be mm. confident enough to not let other ideas sway you. Yes. And I think knowing about where the ideas come from originally helped me a lot to separate, okay, I need to take this seriously or probably that didn't really come from anything based in, you know, research or um, like you can, that, that was based in a personal ideology back in the days so then then I I, that helped me to pick and choose actually this sits with me this fits in with the biology that I understand and um, I think that can be quite empowering when you when you find that confidence but also knowing where the things come from and you know there's a lot of layers of this kind of opinion like you know how to dress a baby or you know there's there's all kinds of things that are kind of like it just kind of depends and it doesn't make such a difference. What really, st- when I'm on either in an online space or in an in-person space with a lot of people talking, what gets me stressed is when I know that it's not factual. And La Leche League is great because you have facilitation in that space where you do have somebody who's a bit more experienced that can very gently guide the conversations and, mm. and make that a bit more of, um, and I've seen Lalaiti League leaders skillfully do that. And mm. it's really nice to see because then it doesn't invalidate the person saying it, but it also can provide maybe some historical context or oh, just yeah, giving. Some context and scaffolding. Yeah. And I have to say, I really enjoyed that going to the groups as a mother, but as a leader, man, navigating those meetings are stressful. <laughs> yes Um, it it can be because sometimes it it can be something that's just really flat out not going to yeah it's not not a helpful thing but you don't want also you don't want somebody to be made to feel bad so it is a bit of skill involved with that um Mm. is the value Okay, I'll say it first. Um, It is the value of going to a group with, you know, people from different backgrounds because then you get that different ideas, cross-pollination, things you wouldn't normally think of if you stick to your own, um, like, usual social And that can be cultural too. Mm. Cultural stuff can kind of come into groups like that. And Mm. so then you can, like, there is this richness of, of diversity and seeing things from a different perspective or another age group. Like, this is something that... Mm. um, it's not true for you right now because your baby's a different age, but you know, someday down the line in two weeks, mm-hmm. two months, it's like, Oh, somebody said that like, Oh, maybe that is relevant now, but it wasn't then. Yeah. So changing circumstances is another 
piece of this that I think is really important because sometimes information that's given is changing because your baby is changing. Yeah, or your circumstances are changing as well. Yeah. And I think it's really difficult when you're getting advice from, you know, people in positions of authority because as a, you know, new parent, you assume these people know what they're talking about because that is their job um, or, or they have that professional training. But as you and I both know, breastfeeding education is particularly neglected, um, particularly in medical training. So so I really feel for parents who have to navigate that without knowing this context. And that's that's a really frustrating thing for those of us who, you know, don't have a medical background, that it is hard to see that and to hear parents reflect on that and to know how it impacts them. Um, and that there are people out there giving advice over and over and over again that's that's not correct. Um, People in kind of positions of authority and that that can be super frustrating. And I see that a lot on the um, online spaces Mm. of so-and-so told me something and I just, my eyes, like, it's like, you know, I have my emojis, like I think in emojis, like the eyes wide open, the shocked face, like they said, what? Yeah, I get that. Um, I also think in emojis, the one that comes to my mind is that scream face where you got your hands on the side of your face with the big eyes. That come on, like, ah. Yeah, that's or, one or of the, my favorites too. The exploding brain. <laughs> or the one with the naughty words like X, you know, the, yes. <laughs> the expletives like, yeah. really? Why did this? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes mm. that we as, um, you know, in our field, we kind of know that there are certain um, sources of information that sometimes you kind of think maybe this person just misunderstood what that person said. But for those of Mm. us who kind of, we've been around the block a few times, we're like, actually, that does sound like something. Yeah. (laughs) In that particular, yeah, they've said that before. And I have to say, like, the more time I've spent learning about breastfeeding, doing community breastfeeding support, the less I'm willing to hand out advice willy-nilly. Like, I I can think of now exceptions to every, pretty much every single situation. So that like, if if I'm providing support, I'm usually start off with like 20 questions just to make sure I definitely have a good sense of what's going on for them before I'll even try to provide like info. That's that Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The people that have the the least knowledge are sometimes the most, you know, confident about what they're saying. Yeah, and I have definitely been there when I like I became interested in breastfeeding support after needing support myself, um, and then you start learning and you're like, oh, this is easy. Why don't people do this? <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh, it's so hard. I don't know what's going on most of the time. Could be this. Could be this. Could be something else I haven't thought of. Yeah, I love that you're asking questions, and this is another thing where I. You know, again, people will say something and on the surface, it seems like they're asking one question, but there's a lot more underneath that. Hmm. And it's really only in digging in that you can get that sense, Um, Hmm. which when you're in that kind of the online spaces, let's take that as an example, that that's why it's 
very common for those of us who have this kind of background to respond to some of those threads saying, have you talked with somebody in person, like mm. a La Leche League leader or a lactation consultant? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you need a bit more personalized help here yes. than can be provided in a you know, social media forum. Yeah, or a 15-minute consult. <laughs> yeah. Also trying to vaccinate a child who was crying. <laughs> oh, that's even more exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought of something, but I just escaped my mind. Um, it'll come back probably so at an inconvenient time. I have this kind of in my mind, like when we're talking about conflicting information, I kind of put it into two categories. Maybe this is, maybe you look at it different, but this is kind of helpful for me. Sometimes it's legitimate information that you're, let's take the example of my, you know, somebody who's in a postnatal situation and every midwife is telling them something different Mm. like like that I would kind of classify as typically in this is good information but it's Mm -hmm. the changing circumstances of your baby Mm. is 12 hours old versus 48 hours old or and things do change over time and that can be confusing yeah for people totally and the other one I can think of is if you have like a baby who's not latching or not latching well and people will come in and try different things. So that can probably yeah. feel quite confusing and frustrating as well. Because, again, yeah, because if there's a, a problem that needs solving, there are different ways of approaching it. So mm-hmm. sometimes those are all legitimate ways, and we're trying to just see what works for that that mother-baby pair, mm. which can be, yeah, which is, again, a, a tricky situation. And that can be... Um, about comfort as well, like something mm-hmm. that's comfortable for one one person yeah. is not for the, the other. So it does yeah. pay to try a couple of different approaches. Mm. Um, or like, um, you know, everyone has a different training or somebody might have just gone to a conference and so they have different techniques and tips that, you know, they, they, they are willing to experiment with the parents. But I guess um, when you're in that postpartum space, it can just feel like, oh, this doesn't work and this doesn't work and when it's actually part of that breastfeeding journey is to just be able to experiment and figure out what works for you. Well, and those of us who have older children, we recognize that we're doing this the whole way through. Absolutely. Yeah. It's no different. Like the first child that you parent is always the first child. Like you're still every single stage you get to. So you kind of over time get used to not knowing things Mm. like, okay, this is different. I haven't Mm. encountered this particular parenting challenge, but when you're hours from birthing a baby, Mm. like you just want certainty, like just tell me something because I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. So the tolerance for uncertainty Totally. And most of us in our adult life, we get to a stage where it's a bit predictable, like you know what to expect and you know how to do things. But like with a baby, you just, I mean, you and I both teach antenatal breastfeeding classes. It's really hard to pitch the, um, the content because we all know that you just, you're not, you don't know what's going to happen until the baby comes. Right. So you're trying to cover like, everything going smoothly naturally baby is a fantastic feeder so you want to cover that respect but also at the same time 
kind of signpost and also prepare the parents a little bit for if things don't go according to plan, like what are the contingencies and like it's hard to cover all of that um, when probably if it's your first baby. Yeah, and and, and then you're the first baby, you're mostly worried about birth. Yeah. So Mm. I guess that the the tolerance for trying new things can be fairly low, you Mm. know, the the earlier on in parenting that, that you are, or the more complex the situation, like things mm. can become so, so complex that you're just mm. wanting, you know, one yeah. easy answer. And, and sometimes we don't have one easy answer and that's hard yeah. for parents. Yeah. So it could and, be the difference mm. of, you know, the timing of the, the birth mm-hmm. or the, I mean, the timing, the age of the baby or the circumstances of what's going on. And mm. like you were saying, like the skill of the, um, the person that's assisting in, in various mm. things, mm. but it also can be perspective. Like there are, mm. you know, we both run into this. Like there are some people that, that are just, you know, they're, they've been doing things one way for a long time and, mm-hmm. and it seems to be working. So there can be um, like, just kind of, like you said, like somebody has training that's a bit different. So mm. um, yeah. And along with that is their priorities, right? Like your your LMC would be making sure that mom is feeling okay, she's reaching her goals, and that and and the lactation consultant is obviously worried about the breastfeeding goals long term, but your pediatrician is often worried about like is this baby going to get sick? I want this baby right now to be as healthy as possible. So like the the prior and, and you know if you have uh, mental health concerns or poor sleep, then your mental health team is like we have to you know, make sure the mom gets enough sleep. And so like often the priorities are also conflicting as well. And trying to put those pieces together mm. in that one person, mm. two people diet. Two people the, in the whole family yeah, as well. Person. Yes. And the yeah. surrounding team of, yeah. of caregivers and mm. people that love that family. And yeah, then underlying I, that there's also like, we see it so much now um, like once you know where to, once you can pick up the signs, you can't unsee it. There's like unprocessed breastfeeding trauma everywhere. Um, so then there's, and, and often people don't realize that that's a thing because, you know, in decades past, women or families were told, it's fine, your baby is fed, they're growing, you know, don't worry. But actually there is that trauma that can happen when, your breastfeeding journey hasn't gone according to plan even if you were told that this is normal and expected I think often intuitively or emotionally there it leaves like a a little um I guess a legacy that that you may not realize that's what you're dealing with so that can also um, affect the way that people give advice or the sort of advice that they give and there is a, a lot of that in the um, in the lactation and the and just the supporting families, you know, even in the well child spaces, which you would not expect to see. I always give the example like with kidneys that are not functioning properly. We don't bring our own personal experience of kidney function into <laughs> giving mm-hmm. advice about that. But about parenting, it's a free for all. Like there's. Mm-hmm. I think everybody um, brings their own experience totally although I think in healthcare there is an element of that but it doesn't seem to be the same like really strong emotional overlay 
that kind of really triggering sense. Like people with chronic illnesses definitely um, or significant medical issues that's impacted their functioning do definitely carry that kind of trauma. But there's something about the parenting and breastfeeding sphere that just kind of magnifies everything a million times. Because who you are and what you do as a parent, as a female, as a woman, Mm. does it does impact the sense of self of am Mm -hmm. I a good mother am I doing am I okay am I doing it all right it's very much Mm. identity linked to identity Mm. Mm. I just remembered what I forgot earlier (laughs) um the other thing that can affect this conflicting advice is that like the fact that our service provision is so patchy people are having to navigate themselves around so Imagine if we had good education, we're fully staffed, we have 24-7 lactation consultant cover, and everybody is aware of best practice with facilitating people to reach their breastfeeding goals, you'd think then the advice would be much more consistent. But because it's patchy, people have to go to different places, um, and some people will you know, set up their own group because they found you know, a, that area lacking. So then I think that makes that conflicting advice sphere even more um, Absolutely. difficult. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we are dealing with that. I think we see that not just in, you know, maternity kind of sphere, but we're seeing that in the entire health system that there's, mm. yeah, there's things that mm. are falling through the cracks because of, I think staffing is mm. a perfect example of that. So it does, that's where it does spill out from, you know, the system, it spills out into Mm -hmm. community spaces. Like you said, people will set up um, Mm -hmm. their own support networks, which to Mm -hmm. some degree can be quite positive. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how La Leche League started. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's definitely lots of success stories. Um, But I mean, us doing this podcast is also adding our own, opinions to the sea of conflicting advice <laughs> it I is was thinking so, about that mm. so what do it like what 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 can parents do like how do how can they sort through information to try to do that picking and choosing of of what to do mm. I think um for me the first step is really getting to know yourself like what's important to you um, it's really hard for women because society tells us what we should value all the time. Like this should be important to you. That doesn't matter. But actually when it's not sitting right with you, there's always going to be a bit of discomfort and, and you may be pressuring yourself to do things that you don't want to do because you're told this is the right thing. So teasing that out within yourself I feel like it goes a very long way because once you have that sorted it will guide you when you receive new information as to do I want to follow this or does this not make sense to me do I actually want to do this or do I want to go to this place oh absolutely like Mm. I think that when I first heard as a parent this concept of responsive parenting it Mm. really resonated with me because like kind of understanding that that was kind of like my framework that I could check pieces Mm. of information against. And um, 
and trying to to just see if it matches up to those mm. to those values as a family yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and and I can remember learning, like, so in med school, you do time in every different specialty. So you spend some time in cardiology, you spend some time in kidneys, you, and then um, I spent some time in infant mental health. And so then you learn right. about infant mental health, they teach you the theory, and then you move on to another part of medicine. So you take away all these bits and pieces, and, and that's like the complexity of the human experience. But like, I remember starting in pediatrics that like, some of the things that we were doing or some of the routines and they just didn't seem to like things didn't seem to fit in nicely like but I learned about this and now you're saying we need to you know the the baby needs to be attached to the mom but then the baby needs a routine and sleep in their own cot um so like even within myself unconsciously I was trying to process things and it didn't really fit and and like you when I learned about responsive parenting and like the breastfeeding relationship then things all kind of slotted and and it all made sense and then I read the um that really fantastic book uh the politics of breastfeeding by Gabriel Palmer that really was the last puzzle piece like then this is why we are telling this is why we have these advice, but this is the theory that I learned over here. It all makes sense when you put that history in behind it. Yeah, I'm a, I've am said this before when talking with you, but I'm a big context person. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's really, it makes, things make more sense when I can try to pull in the various elements of where did this come from? Because I think that a lot of the things that we're given advice about are repeated over and over and over again. You know, an example is um, with bottle feeding that you have to tip the bottle all the way up so that the baby doesn't swallow air and Mm -hmm. the teeth like, and that's how we see bottles positioned. And we've said this so many times that nobody thinks to even question it. And now we're getting this concept of paste bottle feeding. And all of a sudden it's like, wait what I've been they've all lied to me all these years like that's not something that we can be expected to know you know as lay people and and that's where that um you know contextualizing what is specific for this particular family Mm. and having like a responsive healthcare setting where you know you're having contact at each step and then there's good guidance as your situations change like having that capacity to have that ongoing follow-up and then guide the parents as to, okay, well, we're, we've got over this hump, now we're going to work on this. So people aren't stuck with the plan that was made when baby was two days old, three months down the track. So this kind of comes to this concept that I, um, I love the sound of, finding your tribe. I know that that particular phraseology is not particularly... Um, politically correct right now, but that concept of finding people that are um, in some in some kind of space that that resonates with you, and they seem to have um, they're giving information that can be more targeted and applicable to you and to your situation. Um, and I I remember finding mm. the group of people who have been my guide through parenting, and you know twenty three years down the lane, we're still getting together when we can and um, still having some of those ongoing relationships where you can kind of have that community that we've lost, the village that is not um, 
physically yeah. a village anymore, but we the, can kind of... A group of... Like-minded people. Yeah, like-minded. Mm, mm, definitely. Okay, well, we've kind of um, talked quite a while and, and shared our thoughts about, you know, this conflicting advice, where it comes from, what we can do to navigate. Um, obviously, producing this podcast, we think of ourselves as, you know, a credible source of information <laughs> about breastfeeding. <laughs> um so if you have any questions, you're always more than welcome to get in touch with either myself at Nurtured Clinic or um, Teresa at TLC Lactation Consultant um, via, what do you, how do you prefer people get in touch with you? One Teresa? of the easiest ways is to send a message on my Facebook page. That's pretty easy. Some people are um, mm-hmm. finding my email contact when they're Googling me and that's all right too, but typically just getting a message somehow, yeah. happy to chat. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so we have the email for um, answering questions about the podcast. It's um, podcast at nurturedclinic.co.nz. Um, although if you go on our website, it will say that we are in a bit of a hiatus at the moment, um, just with all our other life commitments, um, This hopefully just this half of the year. Um, but actually, Whitney and I can both be reached at our local La Leche League group. So <laughs> if you look up Hamilton La Leche League, you'll find me there. I managed to hold on to, I can't, couldn't hold on to all of the things I was doing while I was on maternity leave, but I, um, I'm holding on to some of it. I'm not really, not going to let all of that go. Um, and, and Whitney is also involved in the, um, in the Bay of Plenty Tauranga group still. So, Always. Yeah. But we won't be, we won't be doctors, lactation consultants, or be an experienced breastfeeding mum, Lalechia League leader kind of role. Always get in touch with the breastfeeding yeah. support groups. That's, that's my go-to. Yeah. It's really a good space because yeah. I know that that's going to be well um, facilitated mm-hmm. support. Yes. Were you running some groups in Auckland with um Yes, I just forgot to mention that. We're having a group coming up next week that I've just mm. posted an event for. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to meet once or twice a month. Oh. So Dr. Yvonne Lafort and I are doing a parent support group so yeah just for this geography we don't really seem to have any Mm. in-person parent support so that was can you just become a leader already and we can have a lot actually group in the on the shore (laughs) i started my leadership some 15 years ago or something like that yeah it's it's never too late (laughs) you'll inspire me yet katie yeah, <laughs> I answer the um, I answer messages on the national Facebook page when people message. And then whenever somebody's in Auckland, I'm like, ah, oh, we need one in North Auckland. We do. <laughs> and then I point them towards your group because I don't know. Can you call that networking? Sure. <laughs> it's um, it's called networking. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> networking. We're, we're like-minded people, so I will direct right. you towards you know, like-minded people. And, and, and I think the other thing is um, also it's okay to do different things differently if, you know, you're at a stage where you might be ready to stop breastfeeding or if it's not working for you. I think it's also okay to recognize that and have the confidence to do what, like, works for yes. your family without being made to feel better. And about honor it. that feeling inside of you that something needs to yeah. change. That's a really good place to start yeah. and to be really 
really honest and yeah, give yourself that mm. dignity of what you feel and matters. Definitely, definitely. And so like obviously we all support breastfeeding, but we also recognize that if we don't support the people who can't or don't want to breastfeed, that actually worsens that collective um, infant feeding trauma. So again, if you have questions relating to this, we'd be more than happy to point you towards resources, even if even if your question is, I'd like to stop breastfeeding now, this is not working for me. That is another thing that we can definitely support with. Because like just from our framework of, you know, we know how things work from a, a like a natural physiological perspective. And if you have to change your plan, we can also help you tailor that to try and fit with that physiology as much as possible with the tools we have. And that's, and that's the right thing to do for that family. And we will definitely support that. Absolutely. Mm. 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 That's my other soapbox. <laughs> Get onto that Agree. one quite often. <laughs> mm. Lovely. Well, it was really lovely chatting with you, Teresa. That, that was a much longer episode than I was thinking, but why am I kidding myself? An episode about conflicting advice was never going to be a 15 minute. Never. <laughs> no. I um, hope you have a great day and hopefully I'll get this out before your um, your group um, when they, was yeah, it Wednesday? Wednesday yeah okay. yeah but um, I mean we have about we have about 10 followers so it probably may not add anything <laughs> hope it goes really well and yes, have a great you too. take care just a quick boring disclaimer none of the information discussed in the podcast is um, is supposed to be medical advice if after listening to this podcast you have any specific questions feel free to reach out we'll put our email address in the show